This morning, would you please turn your Bibles to Psalm 146. Psalm 146 in the Old Testament. We are winding down our summer series entitled God's Playlist. And every summer, every Sunday this summer, we've been looking at one of the 150 different songs in God's playlist found in the book of Psalms. And today, we'll explore Psalm 146. This song, Psalm 146, this song of worship and this song of mission, it makes sense to the people called Nova Community Church. This is what I would call our song. This is a song that we could sing. This is a song that we sing every day through our lives. Just some examples of what I mean by this is a few months ago we created a new pastoral staff position, uh, director of local missions, to oversee and to encourage missions in each and every one of us. We spiritually and financially support and prayerfully support as a church family 12 missions partners that make up about 10% of our annual budget. We serve as a church in an average of two missional opportunities, two missional events, and growing every week that reach out to the hungry and to the poor, the abandoned, the abused, the forgotten, the harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd people of the South Bay. We reach out south of the border, 150 miles south of here in Mexico, through Colina de Luz Orphanage, Mexican Medical Mission, Hands of Mercy Mexican House Build, the Deborah House of Refuge, the supply drive that we're doing right now. Each one of our small groups also has been challenged. They've been encouraged to take on a neighborhood missional project or a mindset um, this coming up season of small groups. We're moving from Uh, where we're at as a church to an open campaign to revitalize not just our church campus but to renew our hearts and to be open to this community and God's calling each one of us individually by having our hearts transformed to be more like Jesus to love people that we come in contact with that are different than us different cultures and different nationalities different race, different socioeconomic levels, that God's transforming our hearts to be more like Jesus so that we could connect with people who are different. You see, this song of worship in the song of mission, it makes sense for a people called Nova Community Church. Let me read it to you. Psalm 146, we'll start in verse 1. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. 
He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is God's word for us today. And what we're going to do is, is this is going to be a, a short sermon. We have some other things that we're going to do today, including the Lord's Supper. But we're going to talk about what it's like to live out our worship and mission together. It's living out a life of praise is what we're going to talk about today. And the first point of two points today is a life of praise focuses on the eternal, not the temporary. A life of praise, if we're going to live out our worship, it focuses on the eternal, not the temporary. We start here in verse 1 of Psalm 146. It starts with, praise the Lord, praise the Lord my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. The first two verses here sets the tone for this song. It's about giving honor and glory to God. It's extending this praise, though. It's not just praise the Lord and singing praises to the Lord. It's extending these praise to the, the depths in your whole life and for as long as you live in these first two verses we, we read. And that's taking praise just to this nth degree. It's stretching it, your praise, as high as it goes, as, as high as you can stretch it. In, in mining it as deep as it gets and keeping those praises going till your last breath, until your last heartbeat. And that's the, the extension, the praise, the stretch that this psalmist is writing about. It's this last gasp of air and you still have praise the Lord on your lips. And then the song moves to two verses of what not to do, and then it finishes with, this is what you should, should do. So verses 3 and 4, it says, Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. So when you're living this life of praise, here's what not to do. It, it, it has in verses 3 and 4. You don't put your hope in a leader, in, in, a, in an elected official, a politician, a, a human being, a, 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 a person of royalty. They can't be your savior at all. Because the moment their life ends, the moment their life ends, so does their work and so does the agenda, so, is, so does their initiative. A life of praise has an attitude that focuses on the eternal not the temporary. Truth be told, and just to be honest, the things that I'm worried about, the things that are stressing me out right now, the things that I'm concerned about right now are just temporal things. They're just temporary things, not eternal things. And in our 60 to 95-year-old life to 105 to 115-year-old life, however long God has us to live, 
all of that is even like a second, a half a second, even a quarter second in light of all of eternity. And the reason that I could sing praise God from the depths of my soul to my very last gasp of breath is because I'm not letting the temporary things in life let me down, weigh me down. Number one, a life of praise has an attitude that focuses on the eternal things, not the temporary. And number two, our last point, which is going to be a little bit of a longer point here, a life of praise continues the Father's work. A life of praise continues the Father's work. God is working, and we know it. He has been working since before the beginning of time. And God loves people. In the scriptures, we see that he especially, though, has a heart for the broken people and for the sick. He's got a heart for the depressed and the disabled and the fatherless and abandoned and the poor. He's got a heart for the hungry and the outcast. And when we, when we cross the line of faith, God recruits us to help us to be on his team. We read in verse 5 in Psalm 146, Blessed, big church word for happy, happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. See, it's very typical for us to wrestle with the agenda of the temporary rather than with the eternal. We are so concerned about temporary things, temporal things. We're so concerned about what's going to happen today and in our house with actual things made of wood and, and other things. And we don't really concern ourselves all that much with eternal things. But the psalmist writes about the character of God with his people. And and the psalmist writes, remember how God has cared for his people throughout the ages. Remember how God has created the heavens and the earth. And he thought up and created the sea and all the creatures who live on the land and and in the sea. I, I always think about this, especially as Nova at the beach, we, we've been meeting there on Tuesday nights as that's come to an end. Every single time I go there on Tuesday, there's a gathering of people on the dry, hot, dreadful sand, the dry sand, away from the water. And I think, why are you guys here? The action is where the waves are. So I just go, hi, everybody, and I just keep walking. Who's going to go to the water? I will say. So we go down the water, I set my chair up, and I just love looking out over the ocean. How great is it to live by the ocean? To experience the vastness and the majesty and the creativity of God as you look over the waters and to watch whales blow and breach and the dolphins play in the waves, to watch the gorgeous colors of the sunset, the reds and the yellows and the blues And if you're especially blessed and God loves you, as the sun goes down, you'll see a flash of green. And and that's called the green flash. And some think it's a fallacy, but others who the Lord loves so deeply, they see it every single time. 
And you know what? You feel so small, don't you, when you look over something as beautiful and as vast as snow-capped mountains, the amazing ocean. And you're around the majesty and the creation of God. And how I feel so purposeless and insignificant when I focus on the temporary things of life. And how I find purpose and significance when I focus on the eternal things. Verse 7 in Psalm 146. It says, He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free and the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down and the Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. We read here about the heart of God. It's described in verses 7 through 10, how he cares for the oppressed. He feeds the hungry brings freedom to the imprisoned, brings sight to the blind, lifts the spirits of those who are depressed, and supports the immigrant and the orphan and the abandoned. The heart of God, the heart of God the Father, is always for the broken. It's always for the forgotten. He's always watching out for those that are down. And the heart of God the Son has always been for the outsider and for the one who's being bullied, for the one who's struggling. The Father's heart, we, we know it, we read about it. In the heart of the Son, Jesus, we read stories in the Gospels about his heart. And if you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you've been adopted into the family of God, we need to help carry on, continue and get in God's plan of his work the Father's work of caring for and reaching out to and having compassion for and, and loving the one who's struggling, who's struggling physically. We need to love those who are struggling, struggling physically and mentally, those who are down and having emotional problems, those who are struggling morally, those in sin. We need to love and, and reach out and have compassion for them. We need to reach out to those who are struggling financially, and for those who are struggling vocationally, just can't get a, keep a good job, and ones who struggle relationally with a marriage that's, that's, that's difficult, a, a relationship with a, a child or with a parent that's just filled with conflict. We need to have compassion for the lonely and for those who feel unlovable or unforgivable. And we need to have great compassion and love and action for those who are lost and wandering. And if a life of praise has a focus on the eternal things, then that life will continue the work of the Father. And as a child of God, my heart needs to reflect the heart of the Father. And so we're going to close our time with just looking at three examples from the Scriptures. The, the example of someone who continues the work of the Father. And the first example is our best example. It's, it's about Jesus, who began his earthly ministry, as we read in Luke chapter 4. But first he was baptized, and the skies opened up, and, 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 and God said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. And then Jesus fasts in the desert and gets tempted. And then when he 
is victorious over that, we find him here in Luke chapter 4. In verse 14 it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine that scene there? When Jesus gets that scroll handed to him and he reads that scripture in Isaiah. And then he says, that's me. I'm continuing the work of the Father. I'm the one that the prophet Isaiah writes about. And Jesus starts his earthly ministry by continuing the work of the Father. Another great example is found in the New Testament book of James. James is a half-brother of Jesus, the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And he writes this in, in, in verse 26. He says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. And in verse 27, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James is saying, hey guys, religion isn't about perfect attendance at church. But if you're looking after people who are broken and hurting, that's what the Father's work is about. And are you keeping yourself from focusing keeping yourself from focusing on the temporary and focusing on the eternal things. So you have an example from Jesus, the son. You have an example from James, the half-brother of Jesus. And here's a Nova example. I want to close with hearing from our director of local missions, and I want you to hear from a Nova servant leader who's a point person for the Lydia House Outreach. Would you please welcome Garrett Cook, and Susan Whiteside. Many wonderful service and outreach ministries here at Nova. Uh, the Lydia House serves uh, the women and children's branch of the Long Beach Rescue Mission. So I invited Susan up to just share a little bit about that. She's one of our leaders of the Lydia House ministry. Uh, so first question for you. What is it exactly that the Lydia House Ministry does? Who are you serving? What exactly are you doing? Questions like that. Okay. Um, we are a team of women who go down twice a month, I mean, once a month, uh, the second Saturday of every month. And we're, uh, the women in the Lydia House are homeless or they are in an addiction recovery program that lasts up to a year. Mm. Or if they, re if they graduate, they're there for a whole year. 
Um, if they're homeless, they often have children with them, and they're there up to 90 days. Occasionally, we've seen people there longer, like with an infant. Um, let's see. What we do, uh, we lead a Bible study. We want to bring the word to them and help God become real to them and explain it to them in a, in a clear way. Uh, we also provide childcare and a lesson. So we never know how many children there will be, anywhere from no children to 15 wow. is what we've experienced. And the, there have been anywhere from about 15 to 28 women. Let's see, what did I leave out? I think that pretty much covered the, the logistics of it, but could you, could you also share a, a specific way or time that you've seen God working through this ministry? Well, often we, the, the leaders and participants from NOVA, are surprised at how the women there have such faith. Some of them know the Lord very well and have just gone through difficult circumstances, and what they share actually uplifts us. So that's, that's what I experience more often. One of our um, participants from NOVA shared this story, and we will be putting it in, in writing. Uh, one of the boys, who just turned 11 years old, was talking about his current situation and said he wished he could live at Lydia House forever. This meant a lot. Here was a child benefiting from hot meals and a place to stay. This is the type of family that is served. Lydia House was able to bless this child with peace and security in his daily life, and they even helped him celebrate his birthday. Oh, that's wonderful. All right, so this last question is a little bit of a three-parter. Uh, so uh, what are the current needs of this ministry as you go once a month? Uh, oh, I forgot number two. Oh, no. <laughs> what wrote, are the current I wrote needs? it down. <laughs> what are the current needs? How can we be praying for you? And, what, and how can somebody listening here get involved? Uh, well, if you want to get involved, just talk to me or Garrett, and we will, we will fill you in on, on how you might be able to serve. Um, what we need, are particularly, are more Bible teachers. And mostly we need women. So sorry about that, guys. <laughs> you can participate if you're a man, so talk to me about that. And uh, we ask that you pray for our safety as we travel. We are going to Long Beach. And uh, pray that the Lord would just fill us with his spirit, that we would only do what he wants us to do, and that we would say and act only as he would want. Wonderful. Well, we, we are so thankful for what the Lydia House ministry is doing uh, through you guys, through the ministry itself that's already existing, and everybody else here who has participated in this, uh, if this is something that is touching you personally, I highly encourage you just find out a little more. Talk to Susan, talk to me, talk to one of the other ladies that has been involved in this ministry. Uh, but would you join me in a round of applause of just thanking these people? Like I said, Psalm uh, 146 is a psalm that's really a, a song that Nova lives out, a song of worship and a song of mission. If you want to participate in any missional activities, like I said, there's uh, an, an average of two opportunities a week throughout the whole year that you can uh, connect with and that you could be a part of the Father's work as it, as it goes forward. Let's pray together.